RadioInfluence.com. Have you ever run into someone that you can just see and feel and watch and there's an aura about that person and you're like, that person's a star. Are they not a star now? They're going to be a star. They've got it. They got the it factor. That is my guest today on The Rock Stops here. How are you? How you doing? I'm in a good mood this week. A good mood, good mood, good mood. We're here in the uh, end of the, we're getting close to the Super Bowl, the end, 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 like the NFC, the AFC uh, championship games. I've got a couple of stories after my guests on a couple of the more embarrassing situations that have happened to me in my broadcasting career. And I will tell you those stories. We'll do some story time. We have plenty because this interview is not that long, but it's good. Honestly, my guest, I really didn't know her that much. Uh, She came through here in Tampa as a TV sports journalist. I was only here for about two years. But it's funny, you know... Um, maybe I'll explain this on the back end. And I really should have phrased my question better to her when we were doing this interview about your journalistic integrity. No, it's more like you think like a guy does when it comes to sports and coverage. And I'm telling you, it's a rare thing. She's got it all. I'm talking about Grace Remington. She is an up and coming TV, sports reporter, anchor, host. I don't know if she's got other interests that she would like to do in this broadcasting business, but she's just got it. Not only is she very attractive, she is down to earth. Like not, yeah, just, it's really something to see. And just, you know, so now she's in Charlotte. She's at Fox 46. They do a lot of coverage of the Carolina Panthers and a lot, you know, they put a lot of resources and time they give them to do sports. And on the local end, that's that's rare. That's really, really cool. So she's in a good spot. Uh, but she's been moving and grooving right ever since she got out of college. Boom, 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 boom. She's on that path. So if you're new to this podcast, The Rock Stops Here, I like to interview bring on guests that have made it to the top. She is just rising. Now, it all depends on how life shakes out and whether it's marriage and kids and things like that. Maybe that's not in the plans. Who knows? But all I can tell you is right now, watching and seeing and observing, she's on that path. She's also very, very down to earth. And we had to do it quick. I knew she was coming back when the Carolina Panthers were going to play here in Tampa Bay. So I hit her up on social media. She said, I'd love to and uh, do the podcast. Great. Do you want to do it the day before? I know you fly in or do you want to do it game day? And she said game day would be fine. I said, okay. So I usually get there two, three hours, but she has all these duties that she has to do. You know, her station is flying her to Tampa to do work. It's so funny because when all the years that I would travel, it'd be like, oh man, you, 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 you got to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also work involved. That's why they're paying my way to, you know, you got to provide content and do work, but you can have fun and mix in fun at the same time. But anyway, it turned out, she goes, no, game time would be great. Game day, and then it turned out it was just that half. Now, if you know, NFL half times are only 12 minutes. 
I love it. It's quick. It doesn't. You don't have time. You got time to get your drink and get some other food if you need and go take care of your business. And before you know, boom, second half starts. You know, college, it's the pomp and circumstance, the bands, you know, they're longer. But NFL doesn't kid around. It doesn't matter what going, what's going on. You're 12 minutes and boom, they're ready for that second half kickoff. So I knew we didn't have much time. And I'm like, mm, a press box. So I was there. I was... I was thinking, oh, this is probably going to be, oh, so then when I did see her, and she came up uh, to the and I, and you could tell she had been busy working, doing stuff down on the field or outside, you know, pregame and all that jazz. I got to hear. I said, listen, we'll just don't worry about it. You know, if if we can't do it today, maybe we'll do it another time. She goes, no, what about at halftime? I thought, all right, well, we'll give it a shot. You never know this. You got to go with the flow, man. That's another piece of advice. You know, at the end of these podcasts, I always ask my guests, give me some advice. You got to be able to go with the flow. You know, when you're doing broadcasting, you can't be too rigid at all. Like, we'll do it live. Remember that? So you got to be able to go with the flow. And so, all right, we'll see. So... I was scoping it out. Maybe I could interview her over here. No, I can hear the public address. There's, they actually have an announcer in press boxes in NFL stadiums that give out play-by-play to the media that's there. So they're constant, and the speakers are everywhere. So you can hear that. Oh, I don't want that in, in the middle. Let me try over here. Oh, you know what? Right outside the press box door, when you go up to level whatever it is, six or seven for the press box. You know what? Right outside that door, before you get on the elevator, over, there's some, you know, that would be good. I go out there. Oh, they have a TV in that hallway. So in case you're waiting to go down the elevator and that natural sound, the sound is up full. And I'm like, oh, that's going to work. All right, we'll just see how it goes. So it turned out that where her seats were on the first row of the press box to her right was empty. You know, it's still the protocols. It's still not packed. And I was like, oh, this is going to work out pretty good. But we'll see. She's busy. She's tweeting. She's doing things. I don't want to bother her. It's her job. This is a secondary little favor for me on my podcast. And I went over to her and she said, oh, okay. I said, no, take your time. She finished one thing. And she said, okay, you're right. I said, she goes, it's going to be about my career. I said, you got it. She smiled. And away we go. And away we go. Welcome Grace Remington, Fox 46 Charlotte, on the path to stardom. All right, Grace, I have seen um, a lot of, you know, guys and girls that have come through and have made it to the top. And this podcast is those that have made it to the top. Hey, maybe Charlotte, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the ending spot. But I have watched and what you did here in Tampa. And I just want to say that I've been so impressed on the path that you have had. Are you enjoying yourself right now? It's been so fun. And first of all, thank you for the kind words and the compliment. You're giving me way more credit than I deserve. (laughs) But um, Tampa has been amazing. Honestly, all of the goals I've had since I was a kid in middle school came true in Tampa. That's why this city means so much to me um, with the Super Bowl, two Stanley Cups and the World Series. Um, just the fans, the athletes, the my fellow reporters here mean so much to me. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a blast the last few years. Now, you grew up in the D.C. area, right? And then went to Miami of Ohio? Yes. 
and then it was Gainesville for a short stretch, Alabama covering Auburn, Alabama, then Tampa, now at Fox. Did you foresee it going like this at all, Grace? Not at all. And um, people warned me in local news you might have to move around a bit, but I did not expect to move four times in a span of six years. But I do not regret any move because, um, sure, it's stressful at time, and, you know, it's always kind of scary going into a new city knowing zero people but each time I've left with lifelong friends and so now I have friends all over the country and I've gotten to cover pretty much every sport you know on the professional and college side so it's worked out really well did not see foresee any of this but I'm just kind of going where the industry takes me at this point and it's been a fun ride <laughs> when did you know when did you know you wanted to be a sportscaster or was it something else When was it? So I actually remember the moment. I was in seventh grade sitting cross-legged in the living room watching a Celtics basketball game. And Rachel Nichols came on the screen. And at that point, I had never seen a woman reporter. And I just thought she was so eloquent and confident. I thought, wow, that's what I want to be someday. And um, I was really intimidated by the industry at first. I didn't think it was possible. And in high school, people warned me against it. So I actually went to college on an engineering degree. (laughs) And I was so miserable, stuck in the library the whole time. I was like, you know, I have to at least pursue my dream. And if TV doesn't work out, then, you know, I can say I at least tried. But um, junior year, I switched majors, worked really hard for the school newspaper. got a bunch of internships and and it worked out. So... (laughs) I'm wondering where your, like, work ethic comes from and journalism. Like, look, anybody can see you're very, very attractive. And some that don't know might be like, oh, you're going on your looks. No, you have your looks. But I've been following you. Like, it's so much more like the journalistic integrity. Like, where did that come from? Did someone teach you or where? Honestly, it probably just came from my professors and mentors when I was first starting out. Um, I'm lucky to have a lot of people who took me under my wing. I would say the work ethic, I'm the oldest of six kids, so (laughs) my parents kind of instilled that in me. I always kind of had to be the responsible one. Um, But you're you're right. the unfortunate thing I would say about TV is that it is a visual medium, so people focus on the looks too much, and sometimes you have to work twice as hard, especially as a woman, to kind of prove to people that you know you do belong and that you are intelligent and you can make you know just as great of a point as as any former athlete who might be on a broadcast as well. You know, like I've spent so many hours. Um, breaking down tapes, you know, watching the All-22 and charting plays myself, trying to learn more. So um, it's always going to be a learning process. And I think if, if you want to keep climbing, you, you got to put that extra work in. Now, what I always want to know is, and I ask anyone, any like uh, women that are in this business that are attractive, here you are covering male athletes that are young, they got a lot of money, they've been the man, and I would assume that you get hit on. Now, it's been strange because of COVID. You can't really get close to players. So I don't know. But have you dealt with that? And if you dealt with that, how do you 
How do you handle that, Grace? So I actually have like basically a script saved in my notes in the in my phone at this point, and I'll just copy and paste it and send to people who hit on me. Um, no shame in that because, and you know, to each their own. Some people feel comfortable dating people they cover. I I personally don't do that. I won't judge anyone who does. But to me, that's a conflict of interest. So I just politely tell people like I'm here for professional working relationships and friendships, and not anything more than that. And I've never had a bad response. That's great. Now, just a couple of more. Like, what stands out? Are there a couple of things that have stand stand out to you so far in your career? Is it at the World Series? Is it the Stanley Cup? Maybe it's a feature on somebody. Maybe it's breaking news. Maybe it's another situation. Anything at all you can think of right now? Um, I will say so. The Super Bowl had been my one goal since seventh grade, and the reason the Tampa job attracted me initially because was because I saw that it, the Super Bowl was scheduled to take place in Tampa. So I was like, oh, this is super convenient. I don't have to wait, you know, decades to do this. I can do it within five years of working in the industry. But honestly, the World Series ended up being my most proud moment because, um, gosh, I went out to... Arlington, Texas. It was during COVID times. We couldn't talk to the players in person. It was just me and my um, photog, Angela Clooney. She's awesome. And we turned um, an exclusive feature story every day. We had our live hits every day. We just absolutely crushed the coverage. And I was just running on pure adrenaline. And it was the most fun I've ever had in my life. So that was probably the most rewarding experience I've had so far. All right. So the future. Do you, do you, you know, are you always thinking about, is it the next step or is it just life? You know, you never know how life's going to go and da, 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 da. Well, what do you think? What do you think's in store? I'm still trying to figure that out. I always thought, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be the next Adam Schefter. But the more I do this, the more I realize it's, it's really about the people you surround yourself with and just um, having a healthy, balanced lifestyle. And so... I kind of have done everything I wanted to do at this point. I'm just trying to improve all my skills and, you know, flex all the muscles I haven't gotten to yet. Um, and I'm just seeing where it takes me. I just, I love the people in this business. So that's what, what keeps me going. Right, last one, I always ask advice and especially for maybe young girls that want to get in this business. What advice would you give Grace? Oh man. Um, do everything. Um, I always recommend working for a school newspaper or any type of, you know, writing. Because if you can write, you can do anything. But do radio, podcasts, um, TV internships, literally do everything. And and take the small beats, too. My first beat in college was cross country. It was so boring. But then, you know, I worked my way up to the hockey beat, which was the big one at our school. We're a hockey school. Um you know, I mean, and, and no, when you're first starting out, no job is too good for you. You just need to get your foot in the door and obviously network, find your mentors at a young age, reach out, get meetings, um, get as much advice as you can, and then continue those relationships throughout the years. Listen, I appreciate it, man. And I know that you're on your path. I mean, really, you've got it. Grace, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks, Rock. You're the best. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. So what I what I wanted to, you know, that's the one thing if I could take it back, I wanted to phrase it better. Like, where does she get her work ethic? Because she is working all the time. I follow her on social media. I'm not trying to be any kind of creep or anything. I just follow her. And she's working all the time. And what I found is 
you know, in my experience over the years, I don't want to get too here to be called out like, oh, you're... Uh, but sometimes, like, the majority of the audience for sports, whether it's watching games on TV, these shows, is men. The majority, come on. It's probably 85%. Let's call it like it is. There's probably 20%, maybe, maybe even 15% diehard women, female, sports fans. Oh, yeah, there are some of them. Yeah, love them. But the majority are men. And men and women were wired differently. We think differently. We are wired differently. And sometimes I'll be listening. I, I can think of one radio show in the past, which I really liked, and they were fun. And it was three girls, women, sometimes four. They were fun. But a lot of times they'd be talking about this guy. Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. Oh, he's this and that. And as a guy, like, I don't really care about that. You know, what do I care? Whether the guys are cute, you're into this guy, that guy. It don't matter. The way she tweets, the way she reports, the busting that she does, the humor, it's like I would think. It's like a guy. And what a combination. You're covering sports. You know what men like. And you're, you know, she's got it all and she's attractive and she's down to earth. And I found it really funny, actually funny, that when I asked her that one question, I asked one of my guests, she took it differently. She didn't really get it. But being young, being in this business, interviewing males that are full of testosterone and are, you know, a lot of money and all this, you know, you must get hit on. How do you handle that when you're in the field as a professional? And I thought that was great. She did not miss a beat there and said, I actually have a thing written. It's on a card and it's in my phone and I just copy and paste it. And I was like, wow, that is, that is so smart. That is so good. And that also tells me that she must get hit on so much for her to actually have that prepared to be in your phone and be ready to just boom, boom. I'm sorry. I'm here to do a job. How about that? So, Grace, you're it. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate that. That was very, very nice because you were very busy at that time and you took time to do the Rock Stops Here podcast. All the best to you. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. All righty. What about, I was thinking about this since we're, we're in a great time right now. We are in the NFC, the AFC championship week. The winner moves on to the Super Bowl. Going to be in SoFi in LA. Love this time. Love this time of year. So I was thinking back and I was like, all right, what else can I talk about besides me in this podcast? <laughs> I told you I did have somebody say, I want to hear more about your life, your wife, your kids, your family, your, what you're doing, what you're doing. I'm like, really? Really? But uh, I thought, you know, I've got a ton of stories being in broadcasting so long. What would you get a kick out of? Would you get a kick out of some mistakes, embarrassments? Yes. Yes. It's like people only post all the good stuff that they're doing in their lives on their social media. I have a one a, a real strong friend. He's a he's been a bartender and a bar manager for years and he's really down to earth. He's just since uh, changed careers. 
And he's like, yeah, when I'm having a really good time, I don't stop and go, oh, let me stop my good time right now. I'm having so much fun. I'm laughing. I'm doing this. Let me, let me post that I'm having a good time. That's a really good point, right? <laughs> when you're having your most fun time, you're not thinking about, let me stop and post it and 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 do a selfie. So anyway, here are here let me do one story and then I do want to touch on the Rays baseball stadium situation. Just I have to get this off my chest because I've covered this story for a long time and I know a lot of you are not from this area so I don't want to make this only a Tampa Bay uh podcast. I really don't. I'm trying to plan a trip to New York City uh, soon. And I want to get some guests that I know that would be good because I don't want this to be just Tampa Bay centric. But anyway, let me give you one embarrassing, 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 embarrassing moment in sports. The, the, the reason why I'm telling this story now is because we are here with the NFC and AFC championship weekend. Okay. This happened to me in 1999. I was not long, a couple years at Bay News 9. And the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, were hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the NFC title game. Um, They had the greatest show on turf. It was in St. Louis. So the station that I worked at, Bay News 9, sent me... Chris Elias, he was the producer. He actually was my boss. He turned out to be a sports director. Thank God he took care of all those things in the meetings and the paperwork and stuff that I didn't want to do. And uh, But it was Chris Elias and another guy that might still be working in the market. And he's a good guy. I don't want to say his name because he might not want to know, you know, something that happened that just didn't go right. So I won't do that. So this is before the days of what they call live use. Now you have these units and they're getting smaller and smaller where you can just boom, flip a switch and you're live. Okay, or as you use your phone, right? Live on your Facebook, live on your Instagram, and everybody's a star now. Well, they used to always have to send a live truck, so they sent this this other this guy that we work with. He was a photographer. Him and Chris Elias drove from Tampa to St. Louis because we were going to be there for several days doing stories at five and six and 11 and, and during the day and features and given the feel of St. Louis and all this jazz, Kurt Warner. And like, like I said, man, they were a great offense, but anyway, so they drove out and then I got to fly out and met them there. So we went over all of this, that you had to have phone lines, phone lines installed. You had to do it with the phone company to be able to broadcast live at the, we wanted to be inside the arena. It was a dome. It was a dome in St. Louis. Want to be able to go on live right after the game in those years for so many years, I did the live Sports Connection show right on the field, right after games. I would take calls, bring on guests, be live, ad-libbing, no script, nothing for years, years and years and years and years, years. And I loved it. So 
We set this up with the phone company, blah, blah, blah. So I told this guy, when you get there, make sure, not on game day, because you can't try to check this stuff out on game day. There's too much going on. And also, you know, 50,000 people coming. You know, the workers are busy. There's, There's so much going on. Check it out the day before. Make sure you check out. Make sure your lines are okay. We ordered them from the phone company. We should be able to do live. You know, make sure, right? Okay. Boom, 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 boom. They, I fly in. Everything okay? Yeah, everything's cool. Everything's cool. Blah blah blah. All right. Here's our plan. Now, oh, and I also, oh yeah, there was another reporter that was with me. He would drive me crazy. He was decent at what he did, but he also, he just, he just, oh my God, he, he, oh my God, he got me in so much trouble at times. Oh, I'd have to be a babysitter. Oh, it just drove me crazy. Won't say his name either. So he and I fly out. Now it's all coming back to me more than I thought. So we get there, we meet up, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's the day before, but I think we flew in the late afternoon, evening, no, 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 no. We had a, we had a day or two because we did a pep rally. They had a pep rally in downtown St. Louis, which was awesome. Oh yeah! And then uh, what's his name from the Man Show? And then Jimmy Kimmel at the time was on this show called The Man Show. He knew Charlie Belcher, a reporter for Fox 13. We ended up going to something and then he was at a different hotel and I had a couple of beers in me and I was in a cab and I didn't know where I was going. I couldn't even find my address and where my hotel. Oh yeah, it's over here and just having a blast for a day or two. A couple of, probably two nights I would assume before the game. Now it comes down to game day in the morning. NFC Championship, Rams, Buccaneers. I I, I, I I go to the press box. I find my seat. Everything's going to be good. We're going to do this, man. We're going to do a live show. We're going to take calls. This is going to be great. Now I hear there's some commotion. And I had, a, and this is before texting and all this stuff. This is 1999. Come upstairs and I go, what's going on? Uh, the lines aren't there. I you didn't check the phone lines like it's game day we we have a sponsor we got to go on for like an hour this isn't your report for for three minutes this is an hour live post game show you got to be kidding me you got to be kidding me what i don't know the line so uh let me go down and check so i am going down through underneath the stands of the dome whatever that dome was called in St. Louis. This is on the day of the game. This is like two hours before the game because I thought everything was set. Oh, it wasn't set. Oh, now, there. no, it's too late. The phone comes. I don't know. You didn't check. You. Di- I told you to check the day before. All right, so that's out the window. Well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? We're going to have to broadcast outside. Broadcast outside. Do you, okay, all right. All right, we'll do it right next to the to next to the live truck. Yeah, okay. Damn, there's snow. They're predicting like a blizzard. Uh, all right, can we? All right, all right. Just make sure you park. Is there a spot where you can park, man? That we won't be near any fans after a game because at night when you turn on when it's dark and you turn on a light, couple of lights to broadcast, fans just flock to the lights. 
They all want to get on. And I don't want to have fans coming all around me, St. Louis fans, and at night and after a game, and they've been drinking and stuff. And I got to, di- no, I don't want that. So. All right, make sure, make sure, see if you can get a spot, man, where it's not going to be near, like, any fans, Rams fans, okay? All right, all right, all right, just make sure the audio works, and we'll do that, we'll do that. All right, all right, all right, so we go through the game. It was the Bird Emanuel catch, okay? Now, what I got to do is I'm going outside before this game is over, okay, to be able to go on. Our thing was in a boss, as soon as the game ends, when it hits zero, you go to Bay News 9 and we're live. We're live taking calls. We're live on the field. We're live, you know, boom, boom. Nobody else in TV was doing this for like an hour show. Boom. So the game is going on. I was a little bit nervous on a situation, but whatever. Uh, I had to leave in the fourth quarter because I couldn't wait till the game ends and then go down the elevator and then try to go outside and go across the street or wherever we were parked and then no you gotta be ready to go so I left in the fourth quarter this is before the phone cell phones iPhones that you could see what was going on this is before all that I go outside now it is a blizzard it is snowing like you wouldn't believe and I look at the live truck and it is parked right next to the St. Louis Rams fan bus. I mean, right next, next parking spot. Could you have found a worse spot? So as this game is ending, I'm going to be live with all these St. Louis Rams fans surrounding me. (sighs) Beautiful. And mind you, I'm doing highlights with no monitor, no TV monitor. I would have to listen in my ear, which is called an IFB, to the natural sound, which is real low, to try to figure out each play. Like, to, to be, it's a long, I don't want to get too technical here. Believe me, I loved it. I loved it all. I, uh, you talk about going with the flow. And I just looked at him. I go, really? Really? So, the game now, we... Okay, this is where it is. Oh, where is where is so and so? That's our other reporter. Oh, he's going to go in the locker room. He's going to go in the Bucks locker room. Well, the Bucks ended up losing. Sean King was the quarterback. It was real tight, and there was that controversial. Was it a catch? No catch. They ruled it no catch. Bird Emanuel. They changed the NFL rule after that. I didn't see it. They told me the score. I didn't know. And now I'm going on and I'm doing highlights and they're telling, you know, and then boom, we're opening it up to phone calls. Well, the phone calls start coming in. The snow is, it is a blizzard. I'm standing outside and here come all these Rams fans to just come right over to where I'm broadcasting and they start. Thank God it wasn't in New York or Philly or even a worse spot because they weren't too bad. It was bad. So now we're doing that. The first one is, do you believe that call? Rock, can you believe that son of a bitch? Do you believe that son, that call, Bert Emanuel? That, that, no, he didn't say Bert Emanuel. That call, that catch, that catch. And I was like, uh, what was the receiver, the white receiver for the Rams? I, I, I thought he, he had a Ricky Prohl. I was like, oh, Ricky Prohl? Ricky Prohl's touchdown? What was wrong with that? And I remember the caller going, you idiot. 
No, the controversial play. All right, boom. Next, let's go to next call. Let's go to uh, John and Lutz. John, how you doing? You're on the Sports Connection. What say you? And again, this call, this call. I think it was either. I think it was written up in the newspaper, or word like this idiot Rock Riley didn't even know. I nobody nobody. I didn't know. So you talk about embarrassment. Then the reporter that was working with me. And he gets out to our live truck. And meanwhile, when we would go to commercial, I would say, shut those lights out. We shut the lights down, go to commercial. We would go inside the live van, sit there for a few minutes. And once the light goes down, they dissipate. But once you got to come back out in the snow and turn on the light, here come the fans again. And they're, they're crowding me. I'm like, what, what's everybody talking about? What catch? What catch? Bert Emanuel. Oh, let me know, man. Let me know. And the word is like, Rock Riley doesn't even know what he's watching. Yeah. So that was embarrassment number one. Then I I, I say to the reporter, all right, what was it like in the locker room? What was the mood? Who'd you get? Who'd you get? Oh, Warren Sapp yelled at me, man. He kicked me out of the locker room. Warren Sapp kicked you out of the locker room. What happened? What did you say? All I asked him was, how hard was it to play in a dome where you couldn't hear the signals and the Rams fans were so loud? Was that a factor in the game? And Warren Sapp looked at me and he said, we're on defense. That would only affect our offense. It would be hard to hear signals. They're not loud when the Rams are on offense. I'm on defense. Who are you? Where are you from? Bay News 9? Get get this guy. And I'm like, oh, Christ. I got to deal with you. Really? 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 So that was that was one of my more embarrassing moments in broadcasting. And, you know, people have no idea behind the scenes a lot of times what you're dealing with. But it's not an excuse. Should have had maybe a better system worked out. In the end, we did a whole show. I was covered in snow and icicles uh, from my ears and my hair had a whole bunch of hair and it was all icicles and we got it done we got it done but I was embarrassed one other embarrassing situation now that I'm thinking about it this same this same guy who I will not mention that I used to work with in the sports department as he was a reporter and weekend sports anchor I ever tell you this? I was on a weekend. It was on a Saturday. And I get a call from him. He goes, hey, man, um, just want to let you know, just want to let you know, you know, I was over at uh, Steinbrenner Field. This is during spring training. He was at a spring training game. And I was over there. And um, Derek Jeter kind of like didn't take, you know, he didn't didn't like what I said to him or something. And like the Yankees kind of kicked me out. And I'm like, what? What? Did they know you're from Bay News 9? Yeah, yeah. Jeter goes, who's he from? Oh, isn't that the station's trying to get my interview? Yeah, 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 yeah. They took my credential off and they like kicked me out. What happened? Well, I just, you know, Jeter was on a golf cart and, you know, there was some downtime. You know, spring training and Grapefruit League games, it's a lot, you know, more laid back. Okay. And what happened was... Earlier that week, there was a minor league New York Yankees player that stole Jeter's glove. I think he was from either the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. You know, he came from nothing. 
and he took Derek Jeter's glove. And I, I guess he was going to try to sell it to make money or whatever. But anyway, that became that was a national story. And anything with Derek Jeter is going to make headlines. Well, this guy that I work with. Oh, I just I went over and he was on the he was on the golf cart just sitting there and I just joked to him something about hey man, where's your glove? Did did you get you putting a tight grip on this glove? Like oh my god, his humor was terrible. Jeter, you don't screw around like that with Jeter. It's probably already a touchy subject with the Yankees. And then Jeter said, who who is he? Who is he? And they looked at his credential. He's from Bay News 9. Oh, my God. My boss, the general manager of our station, was a big Yankees fan. And he paid a lot of money to advertise at Steinbrenner Field. As a matter of fact, there's a big sign out in the outfield that says, Bay News 9, your news all the time. And he also, part of the deal was that I was going to get a sit-down interview with Derek Jeter. He had, because he spent a boatload of money on a lot of Yankee stuff and da-da-da-da-da. And he really kept bugging me. I, I don't like that. He kept bugging me like, did you get Jeter? How you doing with the Jeter? You know, I, you know I, we pay. That's part of the deal. This whole promotional thing. You're going to sit down with Derek Jeter. I said, I'm working on it. I'm working on it because I would contact the Yankees PR to be like, all right, I'm working on it. Don't push it. You know, don't worry. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. Well, I had my boss over me, the big Yankees fan. And then I got to get this done. And now you did What? You got kicked out by Derek Jeter and he knows you're from Bay News 9? And Jeter said, isn't that the station that I'm supposed to try to do this one-on-one with? What? Oh, Christ. So I got in my car. I drove over the bridge. I was in St. Pete. I went to the game. It was in the seventh or eighth inning. And I went through and I went up to the PR office. And he just was looking at me like, shaking his head side to side like hmm. and I'm like listen I've had problems with this game I, a guy I can't control him I'm so so sorry please apologize to Derek he he, he his sense of humor uh, I, what can I I'm so sorry he goes listen I'm telling you right now Jeter's Derek is not going to do this interview I'm like oh my god Oh, listen, is there any, could you do something for me? I mean, because my boss is on me. He says this is something that he's paid for, you know, but I understand. I totally understand. I wouldn't even expect Derek to do this now. He goes, I'll see what I can do. Well, then I had to let my boss, the Yankees fan, let him know what went down and that was the end of this reporter's career at Bay News 9. Oh, yeah. He did not. He did not make it the past Monday. And then he, I, I think he contacted the Yankee organization. I wasn't sure. But however, it, I was going to get Jason Giambi. And I and would that would would that be OK to my boss? Yeah. It's not Jeter, but, you know, all right, we'll take Jason Giambi. And so Jason Giambi could not have been cooler. We did it right at home plate. I sat on one side of home plate. He sat on the other side of home plate. 
right at Steinbrenner Field where the Yankees call their spring home. And there you go. And yeah, you know what? While I have you, one real, 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 real quick one. This same reporter, prior to these two stories that I told you about. Oh, I could go on. He, oh, he was getting pictures with like... Uh, Bob Costas and uh, who's the man on CBS? He's great. He hosts their Sunday show, James Brown. And he was getting all these pictures with people on the sidelines for that NFC championship game. He later used that in his profile for a dating website. I, I can't go. I can't go any further on it. But when we were covering the Buccaneers back in the day. And this guy was now my new sports reporter. And one of the offensive coordinator at the time for the Buccaneers was called Les Steckel. And he got fired. And we sent our reporter over there to do a story on it that day. And I get a call from the head of the public relations department at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His name was Reggie. And he's like, what in the hell is up with your boy? What? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did he do, Reggie? Well, when Les Steckel... What happens is when you get fired at these buildings, you are like, boom, you got to like take your stuff out quick. You want to get it done when no one's around. Sometimes you don't even want to see the team, you know, and I guess Les Echo was putting his stuff in a box and he was walking across the parking lot. There's a front, the old one buck they had just, it was a small little front with grass and then you could either park across the street you could park on the street there was a little uh, uh, dirt gravel parking lot right there on the side and all I know is Les Echo and my guy was coming to do the story and yelled across the way and tried to make a joke about do you need help carrying all that stuff or however the joke was and that they did they were pissed and I, we had to write an apology letter to the Bucks for his bad sense of humor. We were sorry. Yes, you got to be compassionate. The man lost his job. So I'm just saying, like, I didn't do this. But when it's part of your team, those are some of the behind-the-scenes stories. I figured you'd like some embarrassing-type things. All right, one, one little uh, quickie. And I don't want this to be too Tampa Bay centric, but if you're not here in this area, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays turned into the Tampa Bay Rays and have been looking to get a new stadium for darn near. It's got to be 15 years now. I know it's over 10, way over 10. And, you know, Stu Sternberg is a self-made very smart man. Matt Silverman is a who is the president. Very smart man. These guys, Brian Ald, these guys made were successful on Wall Street. Very smart businessmen. How can they not figure out a way to get it? 
done. You know, I heard uh, with all the openings in the NFL with head coaches and general managers and getting fired and having these owners having to pay out, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in salaries because they can't get it right. They were all very successful in their careers prior to getting into professional sports. How come they were so successful at whatever it was, shipbuilding, uh, whatever their company was? They rose to the top. They were smart, smart, astute businessmen. How can they not get it right and get it done? How, you know, I know this whole split plan that Stu has been trying to get done and telling everybody that this is the way to go, even saying that this is the future of professional sports, split cities, you know, It all looks good on paper. That's why sometimes analytics drives me crazy. It's not just numbers on a paper. It is life. It is emotions. It's a human element. Everybody forgets about that. I don't. Like, that's why I like to go to the facilities. I like to watch practice, even if it's only for 15 minutes. I'm a big vibe guy. Some things that a little thing that I may pick up on a lot of times translates over into a game. I like the human element of it, not just Internet, not just numbers. And when Stu says, you know, that... You know, you know, when it gets hot, you know, down here, it's so ungodly hot in June, July, August, even September. It's brutal. It makes sense on paper where you would have April and May in Tampa Bay, your season. And then June, when it's starting to really get hot, the team moves to Montreal And then it's beautiful weather in Montreal gets to have the Rays or whatever the name would be in July and in August, in September. Oh, it makes perfect sense. And fans have not come out. He has put a winning team on the field. There's no doubt about that. The old saying, if you build it, they will come. They haven't come. So I can understand his frustration. I really can. He's put a winner on the team. And they're always last, second to last in attendance. But you gotta you gotta figure out a way to get it done. It's changed. The market is growing so fast. Tampa Bay is like the fastest growing area in the country and especially downtown that water street project area near channel side the sparkman's wharf near amelie arena if you haven't seen it or you're outside the area it is phenomenal the river walk is beautiful it's the greenest most modern livable city in america For years, I was down here. I was like, wow, Tampa's dead at night. St. Pete is booming. That was the little sleepy town. Oh, deathbed, the death wall. That's where you go to die. And the little green benches. No, that changed. That boomed. But you know what? Fans didn't go to the trap. They don't go. Okay. So I know now St. Pete is back. We're going to try to keep the Rays here. Tampa's trying. But if it didn't work there, if it didn't work, there comes a time where you got to say, you know what? It just doesn't work in St. Pete. Doesn't. Doesn't. 
And I'm a Pinell. I, I live on this side of the bay, Pinellas County. But the young people, you got, and, and in this day and age too, yeah, you got the old timers, you got the baseball purists. There is no clock. I love it. I love it. Well, you're in the minority. It's a small bunch. And yes, yes, there are diehard baseball fans out there, but you know what? It hasn't worked. So you got to do more. You got to make it a fun environment, a date night, a fun night. You got to have other entertainment. You got to have it around. You got to have it at the ballpark. You got to make it fun. That's what the NHL Tampa Bay Lightning do. It is date night. It is take your client to the game and give them the drinks and see and feel the atmosphere and the vibe. Now, hockey's a fast moving uh, game and it's a great experience live. There's no doubt about it. Baseball is different. But baseball, too, can be fun. Minor leagues, some minor league places, what they do, it's entertainment. The kids don't know whether they're major leaguers or not. And this is major leaguers. And there are superstars that are going to come in. And yeah, but, you know, how, what, here, here's what, here's what really blew me away. Tyler Glass now is one of the star pitchers has been for the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, he ended his season last year with the, with the arm injury, and he was done, had to have the surgery. He's a real good-looking uh, pitcher. He almost looks like a model with the long hair and stuff, but he can bring it. But I saw him doing an interview, and he was talking about Tampa, downtown Tampa, and how many young people live there. That's the place to be. And I was like, wow, that has changed. Because for years covering the Rays team, the majority of Rays players would get a home in downtown St. Pete, maybe over at the beach. They would stay on the Pinellas side. It was low key. They liked it. They lived over there. But for Glass now to be saying, no, the young place, the people to go is Tampa. And I've been downtown Tampa a lot lately and walking all around. It is, it is, boy, Jeff Vinnick has figured out a way to get it done, even though it's hot and it's humid and it's, uh, you know, six, eight, seven, eight months out of the year. He came here and said uh, he had a vision for not only making the Lightning the most successful franchise in the world, but also when he looked at the waterfront and he looked at the downtown and he said, I'm going to make this the greenest, most livable city in America. And he's doing it. So with all these people continuing to move into this area and especially into Tampa, get it done. How can you be so successful prior to being in Major League Baseball and can't get this done? Jeff Vinnick has done it for hockey. How many diehards are there really NHL fans? If I was to go down and walk downtown Tampa where there's a lot of Lightning fans and just stop and say, all right, tell me about uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Who's their goalie? Who's their star? What about in Edmonton? Uh, Tell me. They wouldn't know. Nine times out of ten wouldn't know. But they love going to the – because it's an event. It's fun. It's date night. It's take your client there. It's take your family there. You you get it done. Get it done. And if not, someone else. Give it to someone else. And and it's not like I I know a lot of people don't like him. He's always been, Stu's always been pretty good to me. Always has, those guys. 
and he's smart. But how can that was the thing? How can there wasn't one fan that I know? A fan is a fan. You are that is short for fanatic. You're a fan of your team. How can you be a fan of your team and then for half the season your team leaves to go to Montreal, Canada? That's that's the human element. That forget about the numbers and and all that and your, your two TV contracts, two markets, and this and that and this and that. No, man, your t- if it's your team, they have to finish the full season in your hometown. How can you not see that? So full time, I really hope that they're able to get a stadium done, and you don't have to have these big monstrosities anymore. These sixty-five thousand seat cavernous stadiums, no, in close knit twenty-eight thousand. Make it so that if a team is in the World Series and fans in the playoffs and they all jump on the bandwagon, they want to go, make it to where there's a area where you can put up some temporary seating. I remember when um, I moved to Denver, Colorado, and the Colorado Rockies had their first year, and it was at Mile High Stadium. That's a big old football stadium. It's not built for baseball. And I remember I was there. I was there opening day, and I saw... KOA was the radio station that had a big banner. And I noticed they had these temporary bleachers set up in center field to accommodate the 75,000 fans that wanted to go to the first game in Colorado Rockies history. And they were able to just figure it out, figure it out. You got to have a covering because it rains and it lightnings and it's 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 rainy in a rainy season in the summer so you got to do that you got to make it where the fans aren't going to sweat their balls out off but you can figure it out if if they can figure out how to have ice when it's 94 degrees and 89% humidity outside and you can have an you know the figure you figure it out So I had to get that off my chest. Figure the human element that downtown, it is grown, but you know, where's the property going to be or wherever it's going to be, wherever it's going to be, you got to make it a fun environment and an entertainment. It's your entertainment dollar. You got to. And I'm hoping that it happens. All right. My thanks to Grace Remington. My thanks to you guys. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for supporting me here on the rock stops here. You know, please subscribe. If you're not subscribed now, please hit that subscribe button. And that's it. I don't, I don't push it. If you like it, I thank you. Uh, I got a good one. I got a good one. I was going to go with this one coming up next week. And I got another one in the can and I'm always looking. So I just enjoy doing this and I like hanging out with you. And let's just hang out together all through 2022. All right? All right. I'll talk to you next week on The Rock Stops here. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. His body language, Daniel, when he did that, he looked just... it almost to me like I don't know if he was putting on a look. I don't know, but it, it was kind of this look to me that was kind of in a way of, man, I'm a little worried that this may affect how many people buy our product. That is interesting. That is interesting. But I do think that whenever the ESPN deal is up 
and the UFC has to go to another, if the UFC does end up going to another partner, I strongly believe the UFC will keep the same pay-per-view price of wherever they are when they leave up. I mean, they are not going to be like, well, you know, I want to sell it for $60, but it's all ESPN's fault. So we're going back down. I mean, they're going to keep up with the Joneses. But it's an interesting perspective that I don't think I really touched on in that this was an ESPN decision, not so much a UFC decision. And it was interesting to hear his feedback because usually Dana White is very, very uh, – he goes with whatever the flow the promotion's going. He doesn't really feed into the narrative that's maybe surrounding any given topic from the media. We'll hear later when he talks about Henry Cejudo. He doesn't really answer the questions. With this one, it does seem like he's sympathizing with the fans. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.